This has been a profoundly, profoundly difficult week for our nation. The news is just bad. More than 100,000 people in the U.S. have died from COVID-19. 40 million people have filed jobless claims. And another Black man was killed. This week, George Floyd died because a police officer callously kneeled on his neck for over eight minutes. In response to Floyd's death and to the racial injustice his death represents and embodies, protests with looting and property damage have arisen all over the country. Our country is struggling in ways that are both new and old. As novel as these times are, in some ways, these are just the same old struggles. The realities of inequality and injustice, of racism and oppression are woven into our identity as a nation. They are the shadow side to our virtues. The country that was founded on the ideals of liberty and justice for all was also the country built on the backs of slaves, on land seized and colonized from native peoples. Our inability to to adequately respond to the pandemic is in many ways due to our failure to provide adequate medical care for everyone in our society in general. The jobless claims reveal how fragile our economy truly is and how it favors the wealthy elite over the common people who are all just struggling to get by. And the killing of George Floyd is a piece of a much larger pattern of abuse and mistreatment. A single death can only spark mass protest when that death is experienced within a greater context of abuse and oppression. The outrage the Black community is expressing right now is not just about George Floyd. It is about the experience of injustice and dehumanization that is woven into the structures and systems of our society. Racism is not just or even primarily an expression of individuals, but more a power imbalance between white people and people of color that op often operates unseen and unacknowledged, especially by white Racism is sin, plain and simple. And yes, it can be the sin of individuals, but even more, we might consider it a structural sin. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar beautifully 
captured and shared some of the experience of, of people being pushed to the edge in a very moving op-ed in the LA Times. He wrote, quote, racism in America is like dust in the air. It seems invisible, even if you're choking on it, until you let the sun in. And then you see it's everywhere. As long as we keep shining that light, we have a chance of cleaning it wherever it lands. But we have to stay vigilant because it is always still in the air, unquote. While we might not support rioting or looting, what is emerging is a, is a natural response to being ignored. Martin Luther King once said that a riot is the language of the unheard. Yes, King thought riots were ultimately self-defeating and socially destructive, something to be avoided. A king recognized that riots happen when no other peaceful avenue seems to produce change. For King, the way to prevent riots is to make progress in social justice and inequality. And yet, for too long, in the vast majority of places in our country, there has been no change and therefore no progress. These are profoundly difficult times. But today is also Pentecost. Today is the day when the church celebrates the disciples receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit 10 days after Jesus' ascension. We heard this morning from the book of Acts about how the disciples were gathered in one place and all of a sudden there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind filling the house. Divided tongues as of fire rested on each disciple and all were filled with the Holy Spirit, empowering them to bear witness to the gospel in the language other than their own. And that same spirit we proclaim today has been at work ever since. Living water flows out into our lives, flows out from us, is at work in the world. Perhaps, perhaps it seems like a distraction from the world around us to take this time this morning to praise God and to remember the gift that we have received in the Holy Spirit. Perhaps, perhaps it seems horribly abstract to speak of the Spirit in times like this. Perhaps it would be better to stay, to stay concrete, to focus on things that we can see and touch. But today, today I would invite you to see that the Spirit at work in the world is our the spirit at work in the world is the recipe to not despair. The spirit is our hope for progress and for justice and for peace. For the word we have translated as spirit could just 
as easily be, be translated as breath. The Holy Spirit is the breath of God, the dynamic presence of God in the world. This breath moved over the waters in the creation. This breath infuses our lives with life itself and renews the face of the earth. This breath permeated the life of Jesus. Jesus was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit descended upon him in his baptism and empowered him throughout his whole ministry. All the way to the end of his life, when he gave up the spirit when he died. This breath of God empowered Jesus in his ministry. And Jesus's own understanding was that the breath of God was upon him so that he might proclaim good news to the poor, release to the captives, sight to the blind, and liberty to those who were oppressed. The whole of Jesus's life was inspired and enlivened and subsumed by this breath. And what the day of Pentecost proclaims is that the same breath that inspired and enlivened Jesus is at work in us. Each of us, by virtue of our baptisms, have received the exact same breath. In our own way, we are called to live lives attuned to the very same breath as Jesus. We are to breathe the air Jesus breathed and bear witness to the same good news. The breath of God has filled us so that we might seek and serve Christ in all people and love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We've been given the breath of God so that we might strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being. And I think that in this time and place, the gift of the breath of God means that we must take the work of anti-racism seriously, especially if we are white. And yes, that might mean protesting, it might mean giving voice to opposition of our opposition to racism publicly. But it also might mean learning to listen. It also might mean risking discomfort in a, in a process of learning. It will mean looking to foster collaborative communities where each and every person is valued. It will mean refusing to perpetuate and participate in racist endeavors and sentiments. We respond to the breath of God when we embrace compassion and empathy for those who are most vulnerable and most oppressed. This is slow work, thoughtful work. No matter what happens this week or the next, racism will still be in the air in our society. We will need to continue to shine a light on it and to clean off the surfaces wherever it lands. But it can be cleaned. I think it's worth mentioning that there were plenty of places this last few days where 
protests, protests did not become violent clashes with police. In Newark, the city mayor marched with the protesters. Anger was, was given voice to and was listened to. And the protests remained peaceful. In Camden, New Jersey, many police, including the police chief, marched with the protesters. The police force in Camden has spent five years investing heavily in de-escalation tactics and has adopted a use of force policy that sees the use of force as the absolute last resort. Now, I don't wanna be Pollyanna about this. Certainly there is still room for improvement in both places. There is clearly still much work to do. But it strikes me that there is something about the solidarity that is revealed in these two examples. Police marching with the people they are called to serve and protect, even when the police are the objects of the protest, speaks to me about the direction we need to take as a country. Might we see some work of the spirit here in these examples to make for a more just society? In the end, we always have cause for hope because the dynamic presence of God, the breath of God, is always renewing facing. Amidst the chaos and disruption of this time, the Holy Spirit is not absent. And the violence of this time does not mean that God is not present. God's Holy Spirit is at work in the world around us and at work in us if we consent to that presence. We all have a part to play as we look to lift up a more just society from the ashes of this moment. And we can each play our part because we have each received the breath 